What is up, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the All Access Sports Podcast. I am Sam Efford. Today, I am joined by Aiden Schmidt. Um, to Ants, you know, we are excited for this episode because we are going to be going through the James Harden Brooklyn Nets trade and everything that came with it. Clearly, this is one of the busiest trades that we've seen in a while. And really the first time that we've seen a top tier guy get traded over the past couple of years. So that's going to make for an exciting podcast today. I mean, what were your original thoughts when you saw this trade go down? Well, I mean, it was just crazy because it's the first time in a while that I've remembered a top player like Harden be like a top player just getting traded in the middle of the season. Like what you typically see it happen in the off season, all these uh, like really uh, big moves. But I mean, this is a, a big trade that really shows like, where each team really stands. I mean, you have Brooklyn, who's wants to contend immediately with Kyrie and Katie also. And then you also have Houston, who's trying to reload, just continue to rebuild. And also, like, the other pieces, like, you got the Pacers, who got LaVert, got Cleveland, who also gained players for really – who they, they didn't give much – or didn't give much up. So, it's really – I mean, it was a big trade. Like, I personally – when I saw the Houston uh, Rockets trading – hardened to the Nets rumors I couldn't believe it but it happened certainly and you mentioned all those teams that were involved in this deal and just in a second I'm going to kind of break down like the full trade and we'll go through each of the four teams and what it means for them going forward but first I kind of wanted to just mention like what does this mean for the NBA in general over the past couple of years, we've kind of seen these stars force themselves out of these terrible situations. Like, for example, Anthony Davis didn't like where he was at in New Orleans. And then, obviously, James Harden. And this is kind of, you know, promoting this player empowerment deal where if you're in an unhappy situation, then you can basically just hold out and hope that the team trades you. And in, in most cases, these players are being traded. This is clearly not a great thing for the league going forward as it's, you know, aiming at creating this more super team dynamic in the league, which, you know, is good in some ways, but in terms of franchise endearment, it's not good at all. Yeah. And I like what you said about the super team. I mean, you just look at kind of, I mean, you look at like the past where you had the bulls, which, I mean, you could consider them a super team, but they weren't full of all like, three or four all-stars. I mean, they had Pippen and Jordan and also had maybe Rodman who would, would sneak in an all-star game. But I mean, now you have like just all-stars like stacked up on teams and yeah, for the league in general, I mean, it's not very good because you have very few teams contending. Um, but I mean, I, I guess it's cool, but like to see really these players bond up, but for the overall league, yeah. Like what you said, it was just probably in, in the, it's not in the right direction to be honest. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to, to kind of see who the next wave of guys who request trades could be. You know, Bradley Beal's been a guy that people have talked about over the past couple of years of trying to force himself out, but we haven't seen that happen yet. A guy like Donovan Mitchell, who I think is a great guy and all, but if the Jazz turns into a, a messy situation where they just can't find ways to win, I could see him maybe forcing his way out. You know, just a ton of young guys who may be eager to win now. Some to come to mind, maybe like a Trey Young. I don't know. Teams, players on bad teams that may may want to win as quick as they can just may have that option. So it's interesting to think about. But 
are you ready to kind of discuss this trade and what it means for each of these teams? Yeah, I'm ready to dig in. Okay, so I am sourcing this straight from Shams' Twitter page and just going to go through each of these teams and what they are getting. First of all, the Houston Rockets are receiving Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion's Karuks, three Brooklyn first-rounders in 22, 24, 26, a Milwaukee first-rounder in 22, and four Brooklyn first-round pick swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27. The Nets, who are the uh, receive, recipient of the best player in this trade, James Harden, that is all they are getting, nothing else, and I don't think they needed anything else. The Pacers get involved after giving up Oladipo. In return, they get Karis LeVert from the Nets along with a second rounder from the Rockets. And lastly, the Cavs, who gave up solely on Dante Exum, personally, who I think won this trade, not won it, but, you know, got the most out of what they gave up. Uh, they received Jared Allen and Tarian Prince um, from the Brooklyn Nets. So wh- which of these teams should we start with? Let's start with the Rockets, because I feel like they got the most out of this deal. Um, like just the like the most quantity wise, maybe not the like the most efficient um, players wise. I mean, they got a lot of picks too. They get Ola Depot from the Pacers, who has been just kind of not fitting with the Pacers. I think for like in just in the postseason, really didn't really get like click in. Uh, obviously, he had a pretty good regular season to start it out, but just all these concerns about playoffs in Indiana. So I think that was a really good addition. Um, I mean, you're looking at more like a rebuild situation, but also kind of just kind of getting more younger players. Um, you get Exum, I mean, from the Cavs, which I guess is okay. I mean, that's not much. And then they get Krooks from the Nets. Um, I mean, that's, it's mainly just Oladipo and a lot of picks, but what did you think of it, Sam? Yeah, I mean, so we kind of heard reports that the the Sixers were kind of – were trying to package a deal for – James Harden on the same day. And ultimately it turned out to being the Nets, but that leads me to believe that um, the Rockets kind of wanted to get more in terms of future wise. Uh, You know, all those first round picks were not going to be included in a deal with the Sixers for Ben Simmons and players like that. So just the fact that they got all those lead me to believe that they were aiming for the future rather than a a win now situation which honestly has me questioning why they did the whole Oladipo thing because Oladipo is on an expiring deal this year. And it seems very unlikely that he's going to be signing with the Rockets as he has made it pretty clear that he, his intentions are to go to Miami. Um, But this could be just a situation where they're just going to take an expiring deal. That's worth a, a lot of money so that they can, you know, have a lot of cap space heading into next season. Ultimately, you know, I like this move for them because they're kind of in a situation where they could maybe sneak into the playoffs this year. Um, but they're also preparing for the future and kind of redeeming themselves after giving up all those picks uh, in the Russell Westbrook trade. So ultimately, I think the Rockets won. If you had to get, put a letter grade on it, what would you give them? Uh, I mean, you can look if I look at it at different, at different angles. I mean, the players wise, like what, the, what you said was really key about Oladipo's expiring contract, which I personally did not know about. Um, so really, you're looking at Oladipo for maybe like one less than a season because it's really unlikely he resigns. So, I mean, you're looking at the picks. I mean, this is average. I mean, you get you just get a lot of really good picks. 
But, I mean, players-wise, you don't get a, a ton in return. So, I mean, it's like an average, maybe B. So that just It's pretty good, but, I mean, it could also could have been a lot better because, I mean, the fa- I, I probably would have rated a better grade, but I had no idea Oladipo was on an expiring contract. So that was huge. Um, I'm going to give the Rockets, you know, a B plus, A minus range. You know, like we kind of just discussed, they were planning for the future as well as taking on an expiring deal that could potentially get them into the playoffs. Um, it's kind of, you know, a last gas effort to make up for the mistakes they might have made in that in that Westbrook deal. Like I mentioned earlier, but I'm going to give it a, a B plus just because of the fact that, you know, they're getting a lot in return in terms of picks. And one thing like to not sleep on is those first round pick swaps are could end up being huge like 20 2027 when the nets let's say they do end up winning a couple of championships and their guys are starting to retire what if they just absolutely stink that year and the rockets have rebuilt and gotten themselves up to the top of the league and the nets are getting a top five pick and it's just going to be swapped to the rockets which really leads it leads me to question why the, why the Nets are looking so far into the future when giving up picks like that, because ultimately they could end up being extremely important for them. Yeah. And it really emphasizes just their like mindset of really trying to win now. And they really could really care less about the future. I mean, I was really like surprised, like they gave up like the pick swaps in like 2025, 20, 27, maybe the 23rd. Cause I know 2021, obviously they're going to be really, really good because they're going to be contending this year, but like looking at 20, like you were saying, like 2025, 2027, they could be really bad. Cause I mean, think about it. KD's probably gone. He's maybe retired or on a, maybe on a different team if he wants to keep playing. Uh, I mean, you got Harden. Who, I mean, I don't know if you know if he wants to stay in Brooklyn with maybe Kyrie and just cause you know, Kyrie's not, I mean, you saw in Cleveland, like after he just really didn't like, he hasn't really stuck with one team. I felt like for a while, I mean, you could maybe say Cleveland, but after he was with LeBron for, two three years he was just had a mouth but that is very key I mean a lot of people would ignore those those pick swaps but I mean that that's a big that's a big point in this this uh trade I mean if you cut out some of those pick swaps I mean you're looking at a trade Houston never trades Harden I mean this is huge yeah certainly I agree with that it's just one thing that people might fly over that could end up being just a a huge factor in this deal uh, let's move on to the Nets receiving James Harden. Is this a good move for them, or do you think it's a little bit premature? It's a little bit a mix of both, because I know they want to win, but they also gave up a lot. They gave up, what, three unprotected first-round picks, a lot of pick swaps, um, and they also gave up a really young guy in Silver, Jared Allen, and also Teron Prince, and they gave up Karuch, um, to the, he gave it to the Rockets. Um, I mean, you if you're looking at it, like overall, it's just, it's it's a good trade, but it, there you have all these um, like uh, disadvantages. But you're getting one of the best players in the league, one of the best ISO players there probably is in a while, in James Harden. And you just saw like his first game, he really clicked with the new Nets. But overall, I mean, they gave up a lot to get Harden. Um, maybe you could have said they got, gave up a little too much. Cause I feel like you look at the pick swaps. I mean, now that I think about it, that was really huge. And they gave up a lot of first round picks. And you remember when uh, Brooklyn gave up multiple first round picks to get uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, which that definitely did not turn well, but 
Um, it's pretty bold by the Nets. I mean, they gave a lot, but they also got Harden. So, I mean, I mean, they, they got their deal done. They, they got their guy. Yeah, and he most definitely is a franchise-altering guy. But how is he going to mesh with these two other ball-dominant players that are already on this team? Clearly, we saw that they can mesh well together when it's just him and KD, but we still are, are yet to see him with um, Kyrie as well. And Kyrie is arguably the most ball dominant out of most ball dominant out of all three. So it'll be very interesting to see how all three play together and who's going to end up getting the last shot if it comes down to that. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is kind of just a, a rush, a rushed situation, if you will. I felt like that Brooklyn kind of had a good base going anyway, and they didn't necessarily need to give up all these, all this valuable assets to get James Harden. I mean, we had seen Kyrie and KD playing together at a very efficient level, and it just it makes me question why they did not trust those two playing together in order to win, and they needed to add even more. Ultimately, I mean, this is a move that's going to hurt the bench depth for this team and uh, one that I could see end up costing them in the future. But clearly the Nets don't think so. And, you know, until it fails, we have to give them credit for for uh, pulling out such a deal that is so valuable for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and the last two teams in this deal are the Pacers and the Cavs. We don't have to spend too much time on them because they obviously didn't have as a prolific um, part of this deal as the other two teams we just mentioned, but the Pacers received Karis LeVert in a second rounder. Karis LeVert actually just received word that he has a, a tumor. Uh, it's not a tumor yet, I don't know, but a mass on his kidney, which could keep him out indefinitely, but we will see how that turns out. But what are your thoughts on this one for the Pacers? When you look at the Pacers, uh, I mean, they they got their a really good guy in Karis LeVert, who I've followed since high school. And I've been telling Sam this is a, a huge deal for the Pacers. I mean, you're looking at um, a really young star that really, like, without Kevin Durant and Kyrie out last year, I mean, you saw this this um, young guy shine just really in both, you could say both the postseason and the regular season where he had multiple games where he was just going off. But, um, you, I mean, you're looking at the Pacers, um, correct me if I'm wrong. They only gave up Oladipo. Is that right? Yes, they only gave up Oladipo. So yeah, I mean, if you're thinking of, if you're looking at it, I mean, they they wanted to move on from Oladipo, and that was clear. Um, and you got like Carisilver, another really young guard who can thrive um, under the Pacers, and then you got a second round pick, which is coming up kind of soon. It's a second round pick, so I mean, it's not really that important, but I mean, second round pick is a second round pick, so you can get anything you want. Um, so, but I mean, I'm really focusing about like, like Karis Avert and Victor Oladipo, like thinking like who would be better. And I mean, it was clear that, uh, Indiana just didn't really want to have Oladipo for, for much longer. Just, they felt like at that time, I mean, it's kind of a weird spot. Cause I mean, they're in a tough spot in the East. Cause there's, a, I mean, there's more teams now contending in the East than there was. So they have to kind of really think crucially about like who, what players they want to mess around just figure out like what their objective is, but I think Karis Avert is a great addition. Yeah. And I've heard a ton of people saying that like Levert is more valuable to a lot of teams than a guy like Oladipo, especially with Oladipo's contract expiring. Uh, Levert has three years left on his deal. 
He's cheaper. And ultimately, I feel like he's a better fit for this team to go alongside Malcolm Brogdon because, you know, Bill Simmons, like I listened to him and I heard him talking about it where he said that Oladipo was the top player for this team a couple of years ago. But once he wasn't the top player, he still kind of felt like he was on this team. And even though Brogdon and um, Demata Sabonis were probably at a higher level than he was, and Karis LeVert isn't coming into this team thinking that he's the best player on this team and he's the go-to guy. So he'll kind of fit in better and ultimately, I think, help this team better, um, hoping that you know he'll get healthy and be able to play in the near future. Um, so prayers out to him. Hopefully he gets well soon. Um, but if it d- does end up working out, I think that this is a total dub for the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, this is they're a really underrated winner because I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, Houston won this deal because they got so many picks and that they really wanted the future. And then you see Cleveland, who didn't give up much, but they got a lot. Um, but the Pacers, I feel like you can make a really good argument that they won this trade. Um, I mean, despite giving up Oladipo, which, is, which was one of their top players, I mean, you got a young guy and more just kind of like um, – I mean, like what like were you saying, like um, – like you got the contract, he's a more younger guy, he's cheaper, um, probably can mesh around with like Sabonis and Brogdon and other Pacers players. And then you get a second round pick. So, I mean, it, does, it also doesn't really hurt you. So very big underrated winner, I think, in this trade. No doubt. And you could argue that the Cavs who received Jared Allen and Tarian Prince were also a very underrated winner. I'll start on them, um, kind of wrapping this up, but getting two guys that are young and valuable is a total win for this team. We saw that Darius Garland and Colin Sexton have kind of started to emerge as two guys that can be trusted in the backcourt and having a guy like Jared Allen to run this front court for years to come is just a total win for them. So they kind of have their core group set and, you know, as, as they start to grow older and, gain more experience, this team is definitely one to look out for, especially with, you know, a guy like Isaac Okoru, who's had a pretty bright future so far throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get a 22-year-old and Jared Allen, and you also got a pretty young guy in Teron Prince, and you give up Dante Exum. And it was kind of funny because before when me and Sam were looking at uh, this uh, trade, I mean, I personally could not find who they gave up or who they gave up. And when I found Exum, I'm like, okay, I mean, he didn't really have a, a, a decent role with the Cavs. I mean, he was surrounded, there was people sur- that he was surrounded by who would get more playing time than him. Um, not that they were really good, but they, they're just better than him. So I think it's really interesting because they are really building their built their big guy core. I mean, you got Drummond, Larry Nance, Kevin Love, um, and also Allen. And you got Teron Prince, who's kind of like a little, like a wing, three, four, but he's, Again, he's still bigger, uh, like give, giving up Dante Exum. was kind of like a little – like a two or a three kind of guard guy. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see, like, what they're building around Sex or Sexton – or, yeah, uh, Colin Sexton and uh, Darius Garland. But um, overall, it's – I mean, they gave up very few to get a lot. So, I mean, it, again, this is another underrated winner. But, um, like, if you're talking about, like, who got the most, I mean, that's a different question. But I think the Cavs are – can make an argument that they won. Yeah, and one last point to kind of end this on, and it really has nothing to do with this trade, but when you really look at it, it it feels like almost every team 
is at the point where they can either compete or they're almost competing because not all like for the teams that aren't necessarily in the playoff picture, you can look at every single one of them and, and think, wow, they do have a bright future. And there's only a few exceptions to that, but it just feels like this league is just gaining so many good players and the teams that they are dispersed upon are, you know, in, in competing situations. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing for the league, but it could also be a problem as some players may not find playoffs as, um, you know, it's very competitive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you kind of compare to like different leagues, like you got the NFL, for example. I mean, um, when you draft a player, you're not drafting for three positions. You're drafting for one position out of the total 11 on a side of the ball. And you got basketball. I mean, you got guys who can play multiple positions or really kind of like um, they, they're able to play. And I mean, you look at it, there's so many prospects like that can play different positions. I mean, you got guard, all types of guards, forwards, uh, centers, and all types of archetypes. And you look at me, like what you said, there's some teams that they're exceptions to, like um, I can't really think off the, the top of my head, but I mean, you look at like teams like the Timberwolves, the Hornets, and I don't know, I, I, you can name a lot of younger teams that they're just gaining a lot of uh, talent and more um I also really like um, like these types of teams are, gain, are gaining veterans and stuff. Cause it's, it's not really all about the young core and all about like the rookie time. Um, like you have to put, put in it. Like you have to have some like experiences of veteran. Like I remember like the Hawks when they had Trey young uh, and I know Vince Carter just re- recently retired, but like that team, I mean, they're going to like Vince Carter being on that team, even though he like hardly played just had a really good, co- really big impact on the team and he probably impacted Trey Young in some ways and other players, but uh, it's a really uh, good footsteps in the league, but also just the super teams. Like we have no idea how that's going to happen. Absolutely. And that's kind of a good point to end on because coming up, we're going to be doing a, uh, you know, just an overall podcast where we're going to be kind of breaking down the NBA and what we've seen so far in the season, which is obviously going to be very fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But Thank you, Aiden, for joining for joining me today. I, I, this is a really important podcast to get out there because, you know, we have a lot of NBA listeners, and this is the biggest thing that's happened in the league in quite quite a while. So, uh, obviously, very fun. Mm-hmm, for sure. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>